Let's go to the rural news now with Sally Murphy in Ototahi. Kia ora, Sally. An interesting story. A new apple variety that's been uh, uh, created in response to climate change. Kia ora, Max. Yeah, after 20 years of collaboration between New Zealand's plant and food research and a Spanish research institute, the variety called Tutti is being made available to growers. New Zealand company Venture Fruit, which has the rights to commercialise the apple, officially launched it at a fruit expo in Berlin overnight. Company chair Peter Langdon Lane says long-running trials in Europe have been successful, so now it's seeking interest from orchardists there who may, who may want to grow the apple. But it's significant because it's the first of the new varieties that have come out of Hot Climate Partnership, which is a breeding program which has been is specifically addressing the challenges of growing better apples in hotter, drier uh, conditions. So um, obviously very topical and, and very relevant at the moment. So we're really excited because this is this one to come out of that program. This variety, so what do we mean by um, suitable for growing in hot climate? It's tolerant to those sort of um, hotter temperatures and higher sunlight. So it produces fruit, firm texture, no sunburn, and lower incidence of storage disorders than traditional varieties such as Gala or Fuji do in a hotter, drier climate. So that means growers can um, get better productivity. So that's an efficiency thing, which is for the planet as well. Um, reduce harvest and waste costs, but also at the same time delivering retailers and consumers consistent quality, which is what they want, a good eating experience delivered consistently. Peter Landon Lane says a small number of tutti apple trees have been planted in New Zealand, so in about three years the company will be able to evaluate how they're performing in the climate here. Farmers are being urged to get ready for the arrival of Cyclone Gabrielle, which is due to lash the Upper North Island from Sunday. Rural Support Trust National Chair Neil Baitup says watercourses are still running high and land is still saturated from the last storm, so the prospect of another hitting in such quick succession is concerning. Yeah, look, we're just trying to encourage farmers to make sure that they're prepared for this one coming through. Um, make sure they've got yeah, generators if they need them, make sure they've got plans uh, if they have to move themselves away from their farms or their livestock or whatever away from their farms so that if the worst yeah, actually happens, it can happen in more orderly fashion. The Ministry for Primary Industries Rural Communities Director Nick Storey says MPI has been putting con- contingency plans in place and is monitoring the situation. One of the challenges will be with this event impacting on areas around already sodden and flooded uh, ground um, that's unstable from the previous event. I guess we can expect potential power supplies to be uh, impacted, um, flooding, coastal surges, uh, tree fall and further slips from, from the heavy rain. Nick Story says farmers should ensure they have enough food and water for both themselves and their stock, clear debris and secure irrigators and other equipment. To other news, a kiwifruit grower who won't get paid for his green fruit this month says he still has confidence in marketer Zespri, despite them getting the orchard gate return so wrong. Last month, Zespri announced green growers would not get the February progress payment because fruit quality issues created extra costs in the 2022 season. Hundreds of growers turned out to meetings Zespri recently held in Tipuki and Katikati to air their grievances. Bay of Plenty grower Hugh Moore says it's great Zespri fronted because growers had a lot of questions. 
Why wow. wasn't the information known? Where did the fruit loss happen? You know, what was the management of it? Why wasn't that information flowing through? Well, one of the problems is with COVID and the pressure and the amount of fruit loss was horrendous. And so do you think Zespri answered everyone's questions? Oh, yeah, they totally up front with why. They had their finance team there, why they didn't have that information. They're looking back to see, you know, what changes will be done to try and make sure that. But, I mean, the, the, the situation, and they laid it quite out, this is exceptional. That's Hugh Moore. Right, time to get the latest from the sale yards around the country. I spoke to our regular guest, Suze Bremner, from AgriHQ a little earlier today. Kia ora, Suze. What's been happening this week? Well, another short week meant that some sales were missing from the calendar again, but there were a couple of others that were really big talking points. So shedding sheep have grown in popularity over the last few years, and they are a big talking point at the moment as low wool prices don't cover the cost of shearing. So it came as no surprise then that a full dispersal of the Glenbrae Wiltshire flock, which was held at Stortford Lodge, was a popular sale. But what we didn't expect was the heights prices would reach. So 70 buyers registered for this sale, as many were keen to take the opportunity to buy guaranteed full shedding sheep with a fantastic reputation. So what kind of prices did you see? Well, the Todo started the sale and mouths honestly dropped as the first pen sold for $530 and the second pen was $460. The four and six tooth ewes made $440 to $500. And even calves for age ewes were able to achieve $310 to $360. The top ewe hoggets or lambs were also sold exceptionally well at $400 to $490. So it really was great to be there to witness this bit of history and was certainly an exciting time for the Wilkes breed. And how did the rest of the sales go? Well, at other sale yards, we are seeing volume drop away as flock and herd sizes decrease. Valclutha would usually hold three ewe fears in the season, but it was reduced to one last Friday. And dry conditions meant that the buyers were selective and most of the Tudu sold for $180 to $215. And farm sales and changes to policies meant that at the Dannyberg Adult Steer Fair, volume came down to 420 from 1100 last year. There, though, buyers were very competitive, though the cattle, and though the cattle weren't weighed, all the R2 traditional steers sold for 1350 to 1625 and they were estimated at about $3.60 up to $4.10 per kilo for the lighter lines. That's Suze Bremner and that's the Rural News for this week.